This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. I want to talk this morning about how to handle frustration. How do you handle frustration when you're conflicted inside, it's affecting your mind, altering your will that you know should be lined up with the will of God, and it's affecting you and your emotions? How do you deal with this kind of frustration? And so I just want to ask you to just make a choice right now to choose to drop all problems from your mind, likes, dislikes, and simply open yourself up to listen to God by the Holy Spirit. God does not intend for His children to live lives of desperation and contention and frustration. There's no way He intends for that. That doesn't mean these things won't come our way, but He does not intend for us to live in these things and especially to respond to frustration the wrong way. God has given us everything that we need for godliness and contentment in Christ Jesus. And if we're children of God, filled with the Spirit of God, how do we handle these frustrations that many, many people are struggling with? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Paul said, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice he said the renewing of the mind. Now that word world, here is one definition, a Christian definition. It is the society or system man has built in order to make himself happy without God. Satan seeks to attract and hold people through the lust of our eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You can mark it down. A major source of all of our frustration can be traced all the way back to the world system we live in and the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, which is self, and the pride of life. And so, how do we see these things? Well, the Phillips translation on this same passage says this, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. A lot of our frustrations come from the fact that we've allowed the world system that is controlled by Satan to squeeze us in its likeness. And from that comes many frustrations. The world has its own politics. And those of you who keep up with the political field in America and around the world, you know what's going on in this world. It is an absolute upheaval, and I'm telling you, it is coming to Jesus. No doubt about it. The world has its own amusements, its thought patterns, and lifestyles. And listen, it seeks everyone to be conformed to its culture. All of us, every single day, are being tempted, guided, whether we know it or not, to be conformed to this present world system. That's what's happening is causing frustration, and it's affecting the church across this nation. So, living in a world system like this, it just fertilizes and causes frustration. Now, how do we as Christians, how do we handle frustrations? We must renew our minds. You say, how do you do that? Well, I'm trying to put this as simple language as I know how. But we must empty our minds of the way it's been programmed. Ephesians chapter 2 makes it clear. If you're not a child of God, Ephesians 2 says, you're a child, a son or daughter, of the disobedient one who is Satan. 
So you and I come into this world a child of Satan, not a child of God. And during that time that you live, your mind is like his mind. Your mind is like the culture around you, the world system that we're in. Praise God, somebody came into your life and shared the gospel with you and you found Christ. And so now you have a power within you and I have a power within me to renew my mind from Satan's way that I was born and walked in prior to salvation to God's way. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, we begin to experience His peace that passes all understanding. So this is my encouragement to us all this morning. Very simple. Empty your mind at least twice a day. Literally, you can walk in this mindset. I'm emptying everything not of God, and by the Holy Spirit in me, I'm being filled with everything that is God. Empty your mind at least twice a day of fear, of hate, of insecurities and regrets and guilt feelings. And you know what? All of us have these things in our heart, mind, and life. All of us. Empty your mind of anticipating punishment. So many Christians do not see themselves correctly in Christ. And so they live with this sense of, I'm going to be punished. A lot of people punish themselves. They're hard on themselves, and they're hard on their spouse, and they're hard on their children. Somehow thinking, the harder I make it, and the more legalistic I choose to be, somehow that's going to make me more acceptable and pleased with God. That's been going on a long time, long before we were born, and it has damaged a whole nation of Christians. Don't do that. It's causing divorce. It's causing rebellious children. Because remember, children who are rebellious now, at one time they looked up into your face, and they were taking everything they knew from your countenance and what you were saying and what you were providing. We've shaped a rebellious nation. Empty your mind of anticipating punishment, self-punishment, and forgive yourself. You say, Pastor, you can't forgive yourself. Oh, yes, you can. Because the blood has already been shed by Jesus Christ. It's not that you're not in a state of forgiveness for all eternity because you are. But if you don't forgive yourself, you experience the same thing a person who is lost and without Christ experiences emotionally. will tear your whole marriage up and will tear your children completely down. Though you may be born again. Empty your mind of these things and remember continually the blood of Christ has already been shed. And the Bible says He died one time for all sins. Sometimes people will call me and ask to meet with me about maybe some troubles they're going through. And most of the time I just sit there and listen for a very long time. Because I've learned years ago that a lot of times people, they're at a point they don't think they can handle it anymore. And then all of a sudden it just all comes out of them at one sitting. And I'll be sitting there and I'll be listening to these things. And then I'll make a few comments. We'll have a time of prayer. And they'll thank me so much how I helped them. And I really haven't done anything yet. They were having a mental and emotional catharsis. They needed to get all that stuff out. So I want to encourage you. If you want to renew your mind, you have to empty 
your mind of these things. And remember, he's saying the word mind. Paul is. And we're going to look at this a little bit more. So remember that God has already forgiven you in Christ Jesus. And you and I may not necessarily have to go to an individual to have a mental and emotional catharsis. We could just sit before the Lord and just let it all hang out. It's amazing what it can do when you're conflicted and when you're frustrated inside. Put all your troubles in a sack. Take them to the Lord and leave them there. These words of advice were given by Charles Tindley. He was a black Methodist circuit rider. And he said this to one of his worried parishioners. And it was the spark that prompted the pastor to develop this thought and pen the words and music in 1916, which is entitled, Leave It There. And this is how it goes. If the world from you withhold of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If your body suffers pain and your health, you can't regain. And your soul is almost sinking in despair. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. He will make a way for you and will lead you safely through. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your youthful days are gone and old age is stealing on and your body bends beneath the weight of care, He will never leave you then. He'll go with you to the end. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. You say, how do I do that? Where's the sack? Please present the sack. I want to put my things in that sack. And pastor, I want to leave it right here on the platform. And I'm going to walk back to my seat and sit down. And I'm going to leave it there. No, you won't. You're going to take it right along with you. Trust your pastor. Renew your mind. Empty it. But not only that, fill your mind. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Philippi. He was reminding the Philippians to live as Christ and to be like Christ. And then he said this in chapter 3, verse 13 of Philippians. He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Amen? We cannot undo or redo the past. We can deal with the past, but then we have to move straight forward in the future. If there was any man who had frustrations, it was the Apostle Paul. And he said this knowing how to deal with it better than any of us, I'm sure. So... He's making a conscious refusal to let any failures in the past or even any successes in the past. He says, I'm marching this way, 
Yes, great successes. Yes, failures. Yes, frustrations. This way is ahead. And so we have to fill our mind. Again, to the Philippian church, he said in, in chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, Paul said, he said, let your gentleness, or in the New American Standard Version, it says, let your forbearing spirit, that means your countenance and your testimony. He's saying, let your gentleness, the, the way you are, your being, be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. And be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, listen to this, will guard your hearts. The Amplified Bible says this, will set as umpire over your heart. He's sitting there. He's taking care of your mind. He says, will guard your hearts and mind. Two times Paul has said mind. And he does this through Christ Jesus. And then in verse 8, he says this. Remember, empty your mind, fill your mind. Look at, listen to verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, he says, meditate. Our society can't meditate. It's just too fast. He named over all those wonderful things, and he's saying, meditate. What he's saying in some versions, it says, think, dwell, meaning to focus one's attention. And so when you choose to practice turning your thoughts to God, filling it with these good things, people may think that you're crazy. In verse 9, he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Second thing is this, calm your speech. Most of the time when frustration comes to me, most of the time I say I need to take a walk. And that's usually what I do, and if I do, it's always good. But sometimes I don't take a walk, and I keep going when I know better, and I get frustrated. And I don't have necessarily calm speech. I can get very businesslike because I'm at a point where enough's enough. And you know what? You enter into sin when you do that. You're better off taking a walk. And then go take care of the necessary things. But second thing is calm your speech. To the Colossians, Paul said in Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, listen to what he says. He says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, if you tell other people that you're a Christian, when they watch you, they should see Christ. That's what he's saying. Redeem the time. He said, let your speech sometimes be with grace. Every single time. Let your speech be with grace. But you know what? If you're not handling frustration right, it won't be with grace. He said, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You say, well, how can my speech be with grace? How can it be with grace? Well, probably the best place to look 
It's Jesus. You and I need to empty our minds. Our minds should be so renewed that that's what comes out of us is no compromise of truth, but grace seasoned with salt. Remember, you're a child of God, and according to Scripture, you are a saint. I said to a group of older men yesterday morning on the tennis courts, I said, we took a little break to drink some water because I was tired, and they were getting at it. They were saints. I called them, I said, we're just going to pause for a few moments and watch the senior saints. And one of the men said, well, I don't know about the saint part. But according to Scripture, you and I are saints. Emotionally, you may not feel like a saint. And everything we do, all of us as individuals, we're not always saintly. But the way to be saintly is for us to renew our minds by emptying it, filling it with the things of God, calming our speech. Be saintly. Third thing is this, practice silence. It's okay to sit still. Throughout the day, it is okay to just sit down, be quiet, practice silence. It's okay to stop in the middle of the day, throughout the day, just stop. And a lot of times that's when you can empty your mind and fill your mind. Psalm 46.10 says, be still. Some version says, cease striving. And know that I'm God. Sometimes it is just good to stop striving and just simply, in all reality, just remember who God is. It's good to just take a deep breath and just remember things that are more pleasant, especially if you're at the height of frustration. How else do you explain what Paul said in verse 8 of Philippians 4? He says, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things, he, he said lovely. Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, he's saying think about that. It's okay to stop and just go back and think of pleasant things. Think godly things. Remember, the Lord is your keeper. Now, fourth thing is this. Relinquish control. Why is our body so wound up? It's because our soul is wound up. Relinquish control. Relinquish control of your responsibilities. You say, oh, boy, if I do that, you wait and see what happens. If I relinquish control, we won't have a house anymore. Do the best that you can and do no more. You can't do more than your best. It's impossible to do more than your best. But you can rest in what you've already done and quietly affirm to yourself, I'm doing the best that I can and let it be. Amen? Let it be. Ephesians 6.13, Paul says, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And my friend, listen, we're in evil days, nearing, I believe, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And listen, he says this, and having done all, to stand. Just stand. I can't do any more than this. I've done the best that I can. Paul said in Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it 
heartily as to the Lord and not to who? Men. Now, relinquish control of your responsibilities and relinquish control of difficult people. All of us have difficult people in our lives. It's part of life. I want to read something that I wrote many years ago. I'm going to read it. Many people fail in life because they have never been able to deal with difficult people. They give way to annoyance, make sharp remarks, and show an irritated reaction. There will always be personality clashes and problems. My brother always laughs at me because I ask this question often. What was their father like? And he told me, I now know why you asked that. Because my brother, he's discipling guys. Their number one problem is their dads. So, the reason many people relate to others based on what they felt and perceived about their father. He's the first authority in their life, and it shapes up how you view and relate to people. But let's remember what the Bible says. Romans 8.31, Paul says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Isaiah 54.17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And remember this. Difficult people are like a troubled child. They need your help. They feel inadequate and are trying to compensate. They feel insecure, so they posture and manipulate. They feel rejected, so they seek or demand acceptance. And this is the answer to it. Shoot prayers at them. Sometimes all you can do is just pray. Pray and trust God and search your own heart. Shoot them with prayers. Number five, childlike trust. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, a lot of the world's frustration is this. Who's going to be the greatest? That is a big, big problem. This is what Jesus said. Jesus is God. And if you're a child of God, Jesus lives in you. And so this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them. And he said this, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, my most humble and accurate opinion. Humility and the appearance of humility is not posturing. Genuine humility is Christ in us. And it won't come out and won't be displayed if our self-will is strong. It can't come out. I said it last week. Sins of the Holy Spirit. It quenches and grieves His flow. And so, humility is not something staged. Isaiah 26.3, You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts you. Empty your mind. Fill it with the things of God. Pause in the middle of your day often doing that. That is keeping your mind stayed on own God. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. 
forsaking all, I trust him. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth grow what? Strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Glance at the world, gaze upon God, and don't get it backward. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.